Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We say hi. Hope you're having a nice week as we kind of launch into tomorrow. Of course, week 18 kicks off. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, it matters. Incentives matter in that game as well. We'll get to it. And then a nightcap, loser goes home, Houston, Indianapolis, essentially a loser goes home match, which we'll get into the machinations there right now. Houston and Stroud laying a point at Minshew and Indy, but we open up and say hi, busy night on the NBA wood, 14 games, light night on the ice, three, and light night on the college wood with just 10 games. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher, we do have... Per usual, a busy Friday program. I've got a lot. I've got some surprises for the boys coming up as well. We do run the board in the third hour with our buddy Mike Samich, who's just a shooting star in the betting space. Looking forward to talking to Samich, Beeson analyst and host. Uh, Sam Chowdhury is going to join FTN Network Analyst. We like the boys at FTN. And then the Chicago Bears are going to become kind of the pinnacle of the offseason conversation because of Fields, because of Eberflus. They can spoil their rivals party this weekend in Green Bay. Bill Zimmerman, Windy City, Gridiron's going to join. Nobody's more dialed in when it comes to the Bears than William Zimmerman. We say hi to Amal and Dustin. Fellas, Amal, what's going on? Not much. Trying to overcome the uh, Hofstra Charleston loss. I had Patrick last night plus nine and a half in game on a game that was pregame minus one they're up by four with six minutes to go and somehow they find a way to lose by 12 that's that's an interesting Oof. one. Oof, that is a dagger to say the <laughs> least you got it hey you got to shake it off or there's plenty there's plenty more to bet today and we'll get to it uh the big guy uh, dustin sweetelson when he's not doing shtick he is reminding me that he's on fire with the vison picks conversely what's cracking big guy yeah what, what do you do when someone's hot you keep shooting. You don't slow up. Shoot or shoot. When you're feeling it, you're feeling it. You just stand in the corner and you wait for someone to kick it to you and you knock down the threes like Kyle Corver in his prime. That's what we're trying to do today because things have gotten out of control. The show just started, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six NBA bets tonight, and I plan on adding one more as soon as they post a number for Austin Reed assists. 
I think we should probably mention as well, Amal and Dustin, congratulations to our teammate Matt Humans. The VEASAN Daily, which you can get for free, Bill AD is the pilot of our VEASAN Daily, does a great job. And he mentions in the Daily today, go to VEASAN.com, enter your email address. He mentions Humans is up for six figures and circa million quarterly. So the last four weeks, he's 17, two and one. Is that good? That's a <laughs> hell of a run for humans. My goodness. And he does them all. He's got two entries yeah. for the quarterly prize for circa millions. He's got right now for the quarter, he's got the first and third as far as respective entries. So uh, he's going to make some cash more than likely. Yeah, I mean, what a great position to be in. Kudos to Matt. Um, obviously, a huge weekend for him coming up. Uh, you know, it's funny. To be able to do it in the five, there's, so for people that are unfamiliar, it runs 18 weeks. There's no bye weeks there and over 90 games. And, Patrick, he's in the segment where you've got to do well in five weeks. Think about this. If this yep. were just a four-week quarter, he would already be in the cash. So, unfortunately for him, he's got to finish strong here right now. But uh, great job by him. By the way, his team name is my all-time favorite Ohio State quarterback, and that's Johnny Utah, if you've seen the movie Point Break. Let's, let's all do our best humans if he were to win six figures in the contest. Like, what would his reaction be, big guy? It'd be something like this. Well, thanks for the money. I guess that's pretty good. Uh, I'm glad I won. Uh, you think they have yeah. Bud Light back there? What do you, uh, can can I get an extra you? pack of uh, 20 McNuggets? Say, Matt Humans, I have had more alcoholic beverages with Matt Humans than any other person at VEASAN. He is my favorite person to drink with. Well, first of all, he's, he's working from a position of strength. He's 6'7". Yeah, no, he keeps going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's yeah, never a moment a, where you're like, he's had too many. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's there. yeah there's just a lot of, like, surface area to fill. <laughs> How about this? And it's I, not even that. He's, he's just a big dude. So, uh, speaking dude. of, I was unaware of this. I always knew he went to Purdue, yeah. and I knew he loved college hoops. Matt Humans was a walk-on walk yeah. at Purdue and played with Glenn Robinson. He yeah, played with Glenn know, Robinson. Yeah. I had with Gene Cady? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you kidding? Is that? No. no, I had no that idea. Is, that is wild. And that was a long time ago, and that brings me to where I want to start today, boys. And, uh, you know, it, you could say I've become obsessed with the head coaching conversation, but this is a little bit different. And I, I understand content. All right. I understand wake up, waking up in the morning and trying to get some clicks, waking up in the morning, trying to formulate a topic. But today it's gotten a little loose on the Internet. I'm going to tell you why. There is a meeting on Black Monday, which is essentially the non-playoff teams on Monday after week 18 wraps up. There is a meeting going down with a legendary head coach and a legendary owner that is getting so much run right now. And it's lunacy. And I'm going to tell you why. There is a conversation being had right now, and I don't know if us, like Amal, Dustin, myself, everybody else that's creating content around the king that is the NFL, I don't know if we're fearful. I don't know if you feel like you don't want to be the one to say it. I don't know what it is, but it is abject lunacy at this point and built on sentimentality to pretend like Bill Belichick should be coaching next year in the NFL. Let me explain. There's a meeting going down on Monday with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick to talk about the future as far as Bill Belichick and coaching the New England Patriots. It would be his 25th year if he came back. He's 71 years old. He started coaching the Patriots when he's 47. For context, 
You know right now that Shane Steichen's 38 years old. You know D'Amico Ryans is 39 years old. You know Sean McVay is 37-year-old. You know Ben Johnson's 37 years old. You know Bobby Sloak is 35 years old. This is called natural evolution. I don't know why we continue to have the conversation about Bill Belichick, and I'll take it a step further. Remember a couple of years ago when Bill Belichick was doing the Snapchat and the snap face shtick where he was letting the reporters know that he just wasn't down with this generation. So he'd talk about snap face and kind of conflate the social media procurers. That was fun because he had just won a championship. It, the joke is no longer cute because underneath the current is a disconnect that grows even larger as a new generation comes in. When you start saying snap face to kids that were born in 2005, they don't laugh. They just think you're lame. So this Bill Belichick conversation as a 71-year-old man, it's entering that place where it's like, is somebody going to tell him? Like, the conversation on Monday with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft should go like this. Come on in, Bill. That was a hell of a run. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll get a statue. Take care. Have fun in retirement. You're 71 years old. Like, what are we talking about a conversation? And I'll take it a step further. And I'll kick it to you boys. What organization right now, the other 31, are sitting like in their boardroom and thinking to themselves, okay, Ben Johnson's available, I understand. Bobby Slowick is available, I understand. And we have, including Bill Belichick, a standard of success that's built on young, up-and-coming dudes that will be here for a while and build something. But you know what I think we should give a shot? I think we should try a dude that's 71, the game has passed him by, and by the way, he's miserable. Very important part to note, he isn't enjoying this. He's going to come and be in a horrific mood. No, 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 I'm not doing shtick. This isn't pile on Bill Belichick. He's a legend. But let me ask you this. If you were to ask the New England Patriot fans right now, because we have, one is our teammate and, of course, Josh Applebaum, what is the percentage of New England Patriot fans that want Bill Belichick to coach the Patriots next year? 50-50? 70-30 want him gone, and those are the people he won six championships for. So if you're the Los Angeles Chargers, are you just like, yeah, I know you guys don't want the dude that brought you six championships, six Lombardis, but we love, we love dudes that are in a bad mood and the game is passing by. So please, bring them on. I, I'm sorry, Amal, I, and I'm ranting now, so no, let I, me move on. First of all, but I thought it was this is... This is just, are we afraid to say what's very obvious, that if you're hiring Bill Belichick, you're kind of making a bad decision? I, I love what you said, and I agree with it. It was a great monologue in terms of breaking down what the situation is. I think you're right. I think it's probably 80-20 up in New England in terms of people wanting him gone. I think the faction of people that were 50-50 in terms of who was the key to the dynasty have moved over to the Brady corner now. And you mentioned it, 71 years old. Look, Pete Carroll, he's older than uh, Bill Belichick right now, and he's a guy that hasn't performed necessarily particularly great at 72 last couple of years for the Seahawks. But you know what? His disposition keeps him around. That's part of the reason why I don't think you've seen a move by the Seattle Seahawks. They're sitting there right now this year having a decent year. I know a lot of people expect them to be better than they have been. To me, Pete Carroll hasn't been great the last few years. Could have potentially moved on from him. Belichick is trying to chase down Don Shula. But, guys, he's still another 26 wins away from Shula's record. So you're looking at three more seasons. Do you really want to hold on to a guy right now 
who is making decisions like moving Matt Patricia from the, OC, the D.C. to the O.C. Can you imagine if any other coach had done that? There would be a mutiny. He would be fired the next day. I think it's time, and you mentioned it, go offensive-minded. Go to, go to a younger coach, a younger coordinator right now. Bobby Slowick's the name that's going to pop up. We already talked about uh, Ben Johnson in Detroit. He is going to be almost first on everybody's list. But I'm with you, Patrick. I'm not looking to bring in a guy who's going to just absolutely bring down the disposition of the room. The only worse decision than making Matt Patricia your offensive coordinator is midseason making him your defensive coordinator. <laughs> That's for you, Nick Sirianni. And I'm glad you brought up Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has been skating by in a part of the country that I'm not even sure is America. That's the Northwest. And he just gets by on vibes. Like when the stories that come out about Carroll is, man, he's, he seems young for his age. That means he's too old. You guys understand what I'm saying? 100%. Every time the narrative is, can you believe how old he is? We all answer, yes. He seems super old. I'm sorry. He's like 74 years old. So Bill Belichick, and I understand content providers. I know it's fascinating because he's a legend. But just take a step back and just deal with reality. The game has passed him by. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to be fine. Coming back, Sharp Money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about 
how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hope you're having a nice week. Get ready because, of course, you've got football tomorrow, football Sunday, national championship game on Monday. So it's an exciting few days coming up here. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas. We're going to bring in our buddy Sam Chowdhury. FTN network analyst. The last time we had Sam on and you can find him at SC underscore FFB. He was way ahead of the Kyron Williams search. Remember that Sam. So hopefully we can find maybe somebody else that's ready to search. Let's let's start here because week week 18 certainly offers up a different element. You're talking about players incentive chasing, talking about teams and motivation how have you kind of gone about handicapping week 18 in the NFL? Yeah, I think that's a uh, common talking point. Uh, the incentives, especially, you know, last week of the regular season, a lot of guys chasing money. So I think the main thing I want to keep in mind is, yeah, I do want to initially target some of these guys that do have some of these bonuses baked into their contracts. You know, one that sticks out, for example, is DeAndre Hopkins. But when you look at the line, if you don't get on it early enough, you already see a juice way above their median average during the season. And at that point, I'd rather just stay off. I mean, it may feel safer because they are playing with a goal in mind, but I don't want to pay even money for a prop that's way over their season-long average. So for the most part, I just want to be looking at games that there isn't much risk of uh, pulling starters or betting on backups. I want to bet on the guys that – we have a sample size on the season and they are playing a meaningful game. Sam, I want to get into specific plays you have coming up for this week and I'll let Patrick get into the player props, but this is a bet on a specific team and I like this because we discussed this yesterday. Philadelphia Eagles first half minus 145. Tell us a little bit about why the Eagles and specifically the first half in this game against the Giants. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't really feel great given the state of the Philly offense. I mean, since they're by, the offense has plummeted. Uh, we, we, we just saw them get upset against Arizona last week. My thing is with Philly is I don't think there's a, there's a great chance that they really move in the standings. I think Dallas is going to lock up uh, the division with the win against the commanders, but it's time for this Eagles team to get right. You know, they're not going to have a bye, but they can't just sit around with the offense they have uh, rolling out in the first round of the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a big bounce back spot for Philly. Even the last time when they faced the Giants, we saw um, when Tyrod Taylor got back in the game, they started to cut it close. So I think it's just a get right spot. And I like taking him on the first half because number one, you're not paying as much juice if you just go straight money line on the full game. And there is still a chance that uh, if they are uh, scoreboard watching and Dallas is controlling the game, Maybe they take their foot on the gas a little bit in the second half. That's why I, I'm kind of sort of wanting to stay away from the spread. But I think they're going to be competitive in the first half. And I'm honestly, I think uh, the offense will start to turn around in this matchup uh, specifically against New York. I mean, they've been a stiff on defense, I guess, and on offense too before Tyrod Taylor 
stepped in. But yeah, even we might be uh, missing Devontae Smith in this game, but you know, you see the vibes on the locker room, you know, all the players are upset. So I think we are going to see a big first half. So at minus 145, you're seeing that number around minus 160 to minus 180 on other books. So here on bet 365, I think the minus 145 on the first half seems relatively safe. Sam Chowdhury joining us, FTN, along with our buddy Mike Randall, do a great job, network analyst there. I believe you've got three individual player props, which I want to get to. But I believe the last time we spoke, you mentioned you're in Ohio. So are you Bengals? Are you Browns? Or are you a wild card? Yeah, I mean, since I've started uh, doing the fantasy stuff, you know, I don't really have a specific team that I back. I live in Cincinnati, so, yeah, I guess I would say Bengals. You know, I still go to a lot of Cincinnati games. It is pretty much a lost season, but definitely not a Browns fan. I think what Joe Flacco is doing is great, but, yeah. (laughs) I'm from Michigan, so I agree with your sentiment on Cleveland. Gross. Okay. (laughs) Individual player props. George Pickens, you're getting plus money here over three and a half receptions. Yeah, I think this feels like a line plus money and over three and a half receptions. I feel like the line was set based on a season average. You know, three and a half plus money is probably accurate on what he's done for the entirety of the season. But with Mason Rudolph on his side of the last two weeks, Pickens has a team high 35% target share. And he's got at least four passes in both games with over 130 yards and back-to-back outings. Uh, and then we go back to the last time Pickens faced uh, Baltimore. It was without Rudolph, but he was targeted 10 times, caught six balls for 130 yards. So now I'm expecting they already uh, confirmed Mason Rudolph as a starter this upcoming week. And Baltimore is already announcing starters uh, out of the game. So Pickens is going to be running against uh, Baltimore's bench in this matchup. And, you know, it's hard not to gravitate toward what we've seen in the connection with Pickens and Rudolph. I mean, he had a 45% target share last week. It was the first time he got more than six balls in his career. So I think he stays hot against Baltimore. Why don't we go to the game, which you've got a prop on Damian Pierce here on a t- rushing total of 14 and a half. And this is going to be a nationally televised game on Saturday night. So a lot of people will probably be interested in finding something to wager on. Tell us which side of Pierce you're coming out on his rushing total. Yeah, I'm actually pretty surprised that we are getting a line on Damian Pierce. I don't really know how uh, sportsbooks decide on which backup running back gets a line and whatnot. But, yeah, since returning uh, since returning from the injury, he's sort of fallen by the wayside uh, on the depth chart. I mean, he's third in snaps behind both Devin Singletary and Dario Gumbel-Wale uh, during that span. Since returning, he's had eight carries just one time. Rushing for 15 yards, or rushing for 15 plus yards, just one time in his last six games. So I don't think there's really much reason for them to play Damian Pierce, especially in a must-win game. You know they have to win to get to the playoffs. And Devin Singletary has been far and away their best back, and I think they're going to lean on on him even heavier. This team isn't really chasing incentives, but Devin Singletary does have an extra 250 thousand bonus for logging 73 uh, scrimmage yards in this matchup. His uh, rushing and receiving line is around 80 yards. So, you know, by the prop, it looks like he will get that bonus. But 
regardless, you know, Damian Pierce has been one of the most least efficient backs in the league, and I don't think he's going to get over eight carries. Like I said, he's only done that one time. And even if he gets eight carries, I don't think he gets 15 rushing yards off of that. So this feels like a pretty smash underplay. Okay, Sam, we've got Pickens over three and a half, Pierce under 14 and a half rush yards. And you are brave going to Arthur Smith's Atlanta Falcons offense for the next one. Drake London, go over three and a half receptions. Yeah, actually, the, I remember the last time I came on the show, I gave the same exact prop over three and a half receptions. And I said, I think he catches in the first half, which he actually did end up doing, caught four balls in the first half. But yeah, again, this goes back to just, I guess, putting my faith in Arthur Smith just one more week. We have seen that, you know, Atlanta still isn't quite eliminated from the playoffs, even though the margin is slim. They have uh, attended a lot more dropbacks, you know, 33 dropbacks in back-to-back games. And Drake London barely caught four balls last week. It was uh, right at the end of the fourth quarter, but he saw double-digit targets. His best usage of the season with Taylor Heineke under center, a 32% target share. I mean, if you would have just caught, you know, two, two more balls, this line would have been set closer to four and a half. Again, like I said, when a guy has 10 targets one game, you usually don't see a line at three and a half at even money both sides. The Saints, you know, they are a tough secondary, but they've been just as hard to run the ball against. So I think it's going to be a more balanced approach, maybe even skew more pass heavy like we have seen the last couple weeks. And Arthur Smith is coaching for his job, and we have seen him cut it loose through the air the last two weeks. So I think we get a similar game script this week. And, yeah, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know if we're going to get 10 targets this game, but three and a half catches still feels way too low, considering that he just barely got there on 10 last week. By the way, he's a Desmond Ritter supporter. He went to UC. Didn't you go to UC, Sam? I did. That's why he loves, did, Ar- yeah. That's why he loves yeah. Arthur Smith. <laughs> can, you, can, you get, can you give us an honest assessment of Desmond Ritter without the UC glasses on? I mean, I, mean, I, I, can't, I can't stand watching uh, Desmond Ritter, even, even at UC. <laughs> I mean, even at UC, the, the, the team was really well built. You know, Nick Fickle uh, or Luke Fickle really turned the program around, brought in a lot of talent. But, yeah, that's all he sort of was. You know, he was sort of that game manager type, you know, giving his pass catchers the ball, relying on the talent surrounded around him. And I think Arthur Smith uh, did sort of try and develop that same sort of system here in Atlanta, you know, bringing in B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts. But, yeah, I mean, this guy just doesn't seem like anything more than a backup. And for Atlanta's sake, I really hope they can land a new quarterback next season. Yeah, and Ritter had consistently a great run game at Cincy as well. Always had skill. So totally agree. Sam Chowdhury, FTN Network Analyst at SC underscore FFB on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. So again, Pickens over three and a half receptions. Damian Pierce under 14 and a half rush yards. Drake London over three and a half receptions in the Eagles first half. You can find as cheap as a dollar 45. Thanks Sam. And good luck this weekend. Appreciate you. There he goes. Sam Chowdhury, who is not a Desmond. Ring. I think you've said that a million times. It's like watching a college quarterback. You t- 
tend to get a feel if they're going to be a pro, and you never felt like you were watching that at all when we were watching Ritter, even at Cincinnati. Yeah, absolutely right. And Sam made a great point. They had good talent around him. Guys like Jerome Ford were there. And go back and look at some of the plays against Alabama. I'm not saying you've got to be perfect, but if you see some of the basic throws, Patrick, that should have been made, that's why you see some ineptness that you've seen in Atlanta with him. And I think that's what's held this team back. I mean, there's probably half a dozen teams, maybe more that we could talk about in the NFL, that if the quarterback isn't great, just competent, they're a different team. 100%. All right. When we return, we've got Jordan Love talking about the postseason, Kyle Shanahan talking about resting players and more. Then at the bottom of the hour, we're going to go deep inside the Chicago Bears and their future. Sharp money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right. So here's the deal DraftKings, download it. And again, if you use that promo code VSIN, you bet five bucks tonight on an NBA game, you get $150 in bonus bets instantly and NBA League Pass. It sounds like I'm kidding, but I'm not. Again, use the promo code VSIN, V S I N, get $150 and League Pass from DraftKings. The crown is yours. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We welcome you back. I don't know if there's a team or a fan base that should be as excited about the upcoming offseason as the Chicago Bears. Now, there's a lot of questions to be answered and to help us answer those. Uh, my former boss, he's now on the Bears beat, Windy City Gridiron Deputy Editor, Bill Zimmerman, also the preeminent Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter Podcast. Let's... Let's hi Bill. Let's start here. How are we doing, guys? Good, thank you. You start 0 and 4. Looks like it's going to be disastrous, right? Then all of a sudden, they start to pick up some steam, some momentum. Even with a terrible loss in Cleveland and a terrible loss in Detroit, like this team has been astounding second half of the year, and a lot of it has to do with Eberflus. So we should start with the head coach here, Bill. Yeah, let's start with the head coach because this is this has been a wild ride with Matt Eberflus this year. Like you said, started off 0-4, one of those losses to the Denver Broncos, the biggest blown lead in the 104-year history of the Chicago Bears. That put them at 0-4, but suddenly they started playing better. Oddly enough, with without Justin Fields, they start playing a little bit better. I'm not saying Tyson Bajan was the reason. It was the defense. That was the reason. They start winning a couple games. They kind of start hovering at 500 post 0-4. And then now they've won four of their last five, and they are playing very good football. They're playing very good football because of that defense. The offense has been adequate, but the defense has been outstanding, especially Montez Sweat, who has, since he has been added, the defense is at an absolute another level. But Matt Eberflus, the assessment there, it's tricky. I mean, you, you you brought it up. He's got three fourth quarter double digit blown leads. He has been up and down. He had two assistant coaches get that had to leave the franchise because of HR violations, not because of poor <laughs> coaching. You know, the Chase Claypool disaster, he did not manage that well at the beginning of the year. So there are a lot of, you know, demerits on his resume from this season. But if it, if we're just talking results-based business, this guy has them seven and five in their last 12 and won four out of five and have an opportunity to spoil the Packers season and finish on a, on a very, you know, hot take, hot note. Bill, a lot of people thought that Ryan Poles and the Bears were crazy when they traded away a second-round pick for Montez Sweat because he was going to enter free agency. 
Was there kind of an under-the-table deal that they knew once they acquired Sweat, they'll be able to sign him to that $98 million in new money? Or what was the situation that kind of perpetrated that, or excuse me, that kind of helped foster that trade through? Well, I think Ryan Poles absolutely expected to sign Montez Sweat to an extension. This was not going to be, obviously, a rental. You're going to give up a second-round pick for this guy. You're going to make sure you keep him around. And that's the one thing I've heard about people who have been saying that Ryan Poles gave up too much for for Montez Sweat. Sure, there's other edges you can get, but my understanding was that the Atlanta Falcons were also hotly pursuing him and would have given him an extension. Montez Sweat is from the Atlanta area, so that would have been a place he would have been happily to, to sign that extension. He was not going to reach free agency. So when the Chicago Bears had to, you know, second-round pick, that's a that's a, a steep price, but they did bring him in. They were able to sign him to that hefty extension, and his performance, you cannot understate what he has done for this defense. I underestimated how good of a player he is. He is a monster. I mean, I looked at this guy as a, a good run stopper who could provide a pass rush, but he has absolutely elevated what was one of the worst defensive lines in the league to a pretty good one. This is one that they get to the pass. They get to the quarterback now. They have decreased the traffic around the linebackers. Tremaine Edmonds was very pedestrian the first two months of the season, he's played very well. And now a secondary that couldn't get any turnovers was, was playing decently, but had, I believe, no interceptions through four games is now leading the league in interceptions because of the pass rush Montez Sweat has provided. So this has been a huge boost for this defense. The Chicago media is calling it the Tez effect, and, and you cannot undersell it. It's been huge. Bill Zimmerman, Windy City Gridiron Deputy Editor, Bears Banter Podcast. Okay, brass tacks on the head coach, then we'll get to the quarterback. Will Eberflus be back in 2024? And do Bears fans, including yourself, want Matt Eberflus back? I think most Bears, they did not want Matt Eberflus back for most of this season. But, you know, because of the, the play and the play of the defense and the wins here in the month of December, I think most Bears fans do want him back. I would say it's over 50%, probably 60 to 70%. And I do think that the Bears organization wants him back. Ryan Poles gave him a a very strong endorsement around the trade deadline that, you know, you don't see everything that he's doing behind the scenes. This is a guy we want as a part of our organization. Now, they haven't fully committed to him. Kevin Warren had, had a piece recently. He didn't fully commit to him. Everything's an ongoing assessment. So they haven't committed yet. You know, you always have to wonder if the Packers win 45 to 10 here on Sunday, if that's going to change things. But I do think things are trending in the right direction for Matt Eberflus, unless they want to do something really bold and try and line up an offensive head coach with a rookie quarterback if that's the decision they try and go. But if they're not worried about trying to line up quarterback and offensive coach, offensive coordinator, then I would expect that Matt Eberflus will be back in 2024. You mentioned a rookie quarterback. Does that mean it's a foregone conclusion that the Bears will move on from Justin Fields and potentially select Caleb Williams or anyone else with that first overall pick? Well, this has been the wild debate in Chicago. I mean, Bears fans, the fans themselves are at each other's throats because there is there's a Fields contingent and there is a Caleb Williams contingent. It is very heated and, and it is it is not cordial debates on social media. The media cannot stop talking about it either. And why not? This is a huge story because Justin Fields has absolutely improved this year. There is no question about it. When you just watch him and you just look at the eye test, you can see a better quarterback, one who's more in command, one who's making better throws, better decisions. He's not being he's still being sacked too much, but he is not being sacked nearly as much. The fumbles have decreased. The interceptions have decreased. Everything you want to see has gotten better. But when you look Look at the numbers. He is still 
middle of the road. His yards per attempt have dropped this year. His, you know, his his passer rating is about the same. His, you know, a lot, you know, he's still not bringing up big numbers in the passing offense. If you want to go into the advanced analytics, you know, EPA per play, middle of the road, you know, add in the CPOE composite, middle of the road, still, you know, bottom half in the league. I think he's 19 or 20 in that right now. So we've seen improved play from Justin Fields, but he has not made it a slam dunk that he should come back, even with the better play of late. So then you sit here and you have to look at, is it worth trading down with that pick and getting the haul and pairing that with Justin Fields? Or do you reset the quarterback clock and and just go with Caleb Williams or Drake May, whatever your assessment is? And, and that's the big thing that I don't think a lot of media and fans are talking about in Chicago is the financial factor in this. That is a huge factor because just look at Daniel Jones. That was $40 million a year for Daniel Jones. David Mulugeta is not going to accept less than that for Justin Fields, who's going to need an extension probably in one year. You know, you could pick up the fifth year option, but then you're going to need to extend him, you know, within, you know, before the 2025 season. Are the Chicago Bears willing to pay Justin Fields 45 to $50 million a year? You're not going to have to top Joe Burrow. You're not going to have to top Justin Herbert, but you're going to have to pay this guy a huge sum of money. And are the Bears willing to do that? That's for Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles to decide. And there has been, that is a tight ship. We have not heard any leaks coming out about which way they are leaning. And I'm sure we're going to start getting answers. Probably not about Justin Fields, but we'll at least get answers about Matt Eberflus and offensive coordinator Luke Getze next week. Well, Bill, you've turned covering the Bears into a career, okay? So I ask you, as the representative, not just as somebody that covers the Bears, but a fan of the Bears, what do you want the Bears to do? Be honest. I think the wise thing to do is to move on from Justin Fields and and draft Caleb Williams. I would draft Caleb Williams over Drake May. There's that excitement factor. Drake May, you can't go wrong with Drake May. I think he's an excellent prospect. But I, you know, I know people were throwing generational around on Caleb Williams. It, it's not so much that for me. It's where Justin Fields is right now. You know, you, you know, we're three years into his career. How much more growth is there to be? I think a lot of fans are hopeful that he can continue to, you know, go up the ladder and continue to improve. But what if we're near the ceiling? What if the Justin Fields we've seen the last month is roughly where he is, where he is capable of great games, but not all the time? If that's the situation and you pay that quarterback 45 to $50 million a year, you're going to be behind the eight ball because your quarterback is not going to be outperforming the contract. So I'd actually like to see Matt Eberflus gone as well and stabilize this team with an offensive head coach. I don't know if they're going to do that, but that's the direction I would go. We will see what the Chicago Bears do because it's, it is, like I said, it is a hot debate in Chicago. No one really knows what's going to happen. Ben Johnson, Caleb Williams, or Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields? What's your answer? Give me Ben Johnson and Caleb Williams. Well, enough said. It's a possibility. <laughs> Bill Zimmerman, Windy City Gridiron Deputy Editor, at Bill T. Zimmerman on Twitter. Bears Banter Podcast. It's going to be a great offseason, Bill. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. A- absolutely, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so you heard it there. That's a Bears. That's a fan that turned it into a career that says, "Give me the Lions' offensive coordinator and the USC quarterback." We're back with Samich next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money on a Friday. That means it's time for our buddy and, of course, partner, Mike Samich. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network from Santa Barbara to Vegas tomorrow morning to fly in and host the handle with Matt Brown, 7 to 10 Eastern time. He is. Mike Samich, and you can go to vsin.com and read Samich's article. First off, great article about New Year's betting rev- uh, resolutions. I enjoyed that immensely. And he's got another article up over at vsin.com about week 18 betting. Now, for some, week 18, they stay away from it. Too many variables. Based on what Samich sent over, He's got 14 NFL plays that he e-text message does, and then he's got plays for Monday in the national championship game. Uh, however, why don't we start with the VEASAN article, betting week 18, and my assumption is you're bullish on it because, like I said, you sent us 14 plays for this week. Yeah, you know, just a, just a couple plays for me this week. I, look, 
It's interesting listening to the, just the diatribe around week 18 and how people feel about it. Some people saying, hey, I don't want to touch this at all. There's too much variance for me. Not sure how to go at it. Other people saying it's a huge advantage. I agree with the advantage side of this. I think this is a very important week to be betting if you're a gambler. Week, let's say, 4 through 17, the books have an edge on you. At that point, their numbers are dialed in. They understand who's going to be getting targets. They understand who's going to be getting usage. They have a very good idea of how good these football teams are, and the numbers are going to be extremely sharp. Week 18 has a little bit of that preseason mixed into it, and I love betting the preseason. You know why? Because it's easier to get actionable information versus when the books have it. You're going to be able to get some of that information early, and you can project out to saying, okay, look, I think there is a specific player that's going to get more to usage than a lot of the books are offering. For instance, I, you know, one of the Browns running backs, Pierre Strong Jr., there's no rushing props out for him. He is going to get a boatload of carries this week as the third running back. I think he's someone that you can go alt overs, even looking at saying over 100 yards, you'll get like plus 400 on that type of prop. So it's a really good opportunity to take advantage of those big props. Secondly, I think this, this incentives thing has just been way overblown by the market now. Four or five years ago, incentives were important when you were gambling on props. Today, you have Twitter threads on Tuesday and Monday coming out with all of these player incentives. The books know exactly what everyone needs at this point. And so as soon as the books put those lines out, which are already jacked up, if you're going over for these player incentives, all of a sudden the money flows in on those incentives over and you're having to chase four, five, six extra yards or 40, 50 cents of juice. I almost like the idea of going the opposite way of some of these player incentives and taking the plus money and taking the better number because of what we've seen in the market over the last couple of years. And then lastly, you see a lot of teams who are need to win to make the playoffs get over bet in the last week of the NFL season. Look no further than last year when we saw everyone and their mother all on the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers went in and got beat by the Lions in that last week. It blew up a bunch of money line parlays. Everyone who laid it with the Packers all didn't run to the window. A motivated team is comes in multiple forms, right? You have the team who's motivated to get into the playoffs. You also have the team who's motivated to spoil that team to get in the playoffs, especially in division. And you'll see four, five, six point line, six point line moves from week 17 look aheads to week 18 offlines because of the playoff incentives. And I just think that that is just way overblown. I'd rather zag against the market and take the plus points, take the dog, take the inspired team to keep to end someone's season. Love that breakdown of the props in terms of the uh, week 18 options there. Uh, by the way, real quick before we proceed on, I got to give you a ton of credit. You were on Jordan Love. Um, at least I was definitely anti Jordan Love. And I want to speak for Dustin or Patrick on this one. I know Patrick has come around on him. But just talk a little bit about what he's been able to do over the last seven, eight weeks and the turnaround with this Packers team from an offensive standpoint. And I said it adds pressure to the Bears in their decision making as well. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, if you're in the, the, the division there, you got the, the Lions who are looking like they're going to be a good team for a while, depending on what they do at the coaching position, how they handle the quarterback moving forward. And now you have the Packers who have a ton of offensive talent on the offensive side of the ball. We saw Jordan Love take a huge step forward when Christian Watson officially came back healthy. I've been more impressed with him the last couple of weeks because he's been out without a couple of those wide receivers. He hasn't had both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield, and he's still been able to make big time throws and big time plays last week's game. I thought was really impressive against a defense that causes a lot of quarterbacks trouble. He was able to just absolutely cut them up and move that Packers team up and down the field. One of the things that I was high on him, one of the reasons I was high on him, they extended him before the season, before he ever started playing games, that organization really believed in him. Often those contracts can tell you what they think of someone 
think that Justin Fields' decision that you guys were talking about and the fact that they're not coming out and saying we really want to extend Fields kind of tips the hat of what they feel about Justin Fields and where how far they can go as a franchise in Chicago. Totally agree. I was cursing Samich's name when I was watching Love against the Minnesota defense because they're so blitz-heavy. I think he's going to be special. I think you're right about it. I think you were throwing a dart a little bit. Now, you weren't going back and breaking down Nevada tape, to be fair, Samich, but you ended up being 100% right, and I give you props because I think he's going to be special. Now, now, variants be damned. If you want to know more about Week 18 betting, nobody better than Mike Samich. He's got the write-up over at vsin.com, and like I said, he's got 14 plays. The dude's out of control, which we love. That's why he's so valuable to the network. The conversation we were having earlier, first off, would you agree with me? The pressure is on Kyle Shanahan. He's already been anointed. The dude's been crowned and he hasn't won anything. And you got his buddy, Sean McVay, that just can't stop winning. Um, He's got to win a championship this year. He's got the favorite. He's got an all-star team. There's no excuses. It's a down year. And then you brought up John Harbaugh. Let's start with Shanahan and then get your take on John Harbaugh and the Ravens. I agree with you. Shannon has to, has to break through at some point. And this year feels like it's a year where he really should. You've got a healthy San Francisco team. Brock Purdy seems to be the answer at quarterback. And they're going into the one seed. So if, if not now, when? And especially when you look around the rest of the NFC, doesn't seem like Philadelphia is as good as we thought. Dallas still has Mike McCarthy as their head coach. So they're not really a threat. So you go down the list. It's like, who is really going to beat him? Is it going to be Detroit? Is that the team that's going to go into San Francisco with Jared Goff and knock off this 49ers team? Sure doesn't feel like it. Uh, it seems like if they lose, though it's going to be because Purdy has an awful game or someone gets hurt and in either case you know who doesn't get discredited from that it's Shanahan so I I feel like if they end up losing it's not gonna be because of game plan it's not gonna be because of some coaching decision it's going to be because you know Purdy has a bad game or they get injured so I I agree with you he's got to win sometime soon because he has been anointed but I think there's more pressure on John Harbaugh when you look across at the AFC and you know why he has only won two playoff games in 10 years since winning a Super Bowl two that's crazy when you think about it with how good this team has consistently been. And then you look around the AFC in the horse racing turn. There's something called a perfect trip. This Ravens team has got an absolutely perfect trip this year. They're going to end up as the number one seed in the AFC. And you look around and every other major contender in the preseason has had huge issues. You look at Kansas city, their offense cannot get it going. That defense is top five and they're young. They're only going to get better. Mahomes and Reed will figure out the offense. They'll bring in a receiver. They're going to be better next year. You had burrow completely out for the whole season. You didn't have to worry about Cincinnati. He'll be back next year. You've got a Jaguars team that just cannot take the next step. Can't figure it out. You've got the Dolphins team, which got injured at the exact wrong time. And so now you have a beat up defense. You've got Waddle and Hill both banged up. You've got a Bills team that hasn't been able to figure it out. Now they're sort of playing well, but they didn't look that good last week against New England. This has to be the Ravens year. That AFC is going to be harder to win next year. They've got home field advantage this year. Their division should be better next year because you should have a better Steelers team. You should have a better uh, Bengals team with Burrow back. And the Browns defense is going to be there, if not now, when for this Ravens team and for Lamar Jackson. I I think Mike makes a phenomenal, phenomenal argument in terms of why there's pressure on Harbaugh. And I'll take it a step further. He's won one playoff game in the last eight years. And Lamar Jackson is one and four during his tenure with the Ravens. But here's why I don't think there'll be as much pressure, guys. Yes, he definitely needs to win now. But him and Eric DaCosta have been working together for a long time. Him and Steve Bishotti have a great relationship. Lamar is on his way to his second 
MVP. I think those things taken into consideration, and I think a lot of the pressure is going to fall on Lamar in this postseason. He's the one that needs to really show out. But, I, Patrick, I think Mike's point is extremely well made, and they're at home for these two games. And then one other thing we talked about, guys, Mike, we haven't had a chance to ask you this. Uh, Niners, Ravens, minus 115 to win the Super Bowl, or would you take the other 12 teams? I would take the Niners and Ravens just because of the way this is broken out. Like it doesn't seem like I'm not really worried about anyone else in either conference. I think the bills are the second best team in the AFC. They need to win this week to even make the playoffs in the, in the AFC in the NFC side. I'm not sure who's able to go in and to be able to beat the Niners. I would have said Philly, but that defense is absolutely broken. They're not going to be able to do it. I don't trust Mike McCarthy at all. Uh, he's just absolutely atrocious. Look at the Detroit game, if you need an example for that. And so it's hard to believe that, you know, someone like the Packers, or the Rams are going to be the team that goes in and beats San Francisco. And what, one more point on how well this is broken for Baltimore. Lamar oh, Jackson geez. over under touchdown passes prop. He's going to go under for the season and win the MVP. You know how annoying that, first off, you make great points about John Harbaugh, but I was annoyed from the beginning of your little rant there because did anybody else hear what continues to happen with Dustin and Amal and now Samich? You started the Kyle Shanahan conversation by making excuses for Kyle Shanahan. He said, if Kyle Shanahan loses, it's going to be Brock Purdy's fault. Isn't <laughs> Kyle Shanahan the quarterback guru? What the hell are you talking about? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said that the blame is going to fall on Brock Purdy or injuries. I didn't say it wasn't going to be Kyle Shanahan's fault, but that will be the narrative. He won't catch the heat in the media if it happens. That, if, thank Brock you. Purdy has a, if Brock Purdy has a bad game, it is 100% on Kyle Shanahan. It was his decision to have Brock Purdy here. It's his decision. I, I'm not, I think Sam Darnold's just as talented as Brock Purdy. It's his decision to have Brock Purdy in there over Sam Darnold. I'm also holding a 250 to one ticket for Sam Darnold to win Super Bowl MVP. So I'm hoping a little <laughs> bit we get an injury at some point here as well. Uh, but look, yes, the heat comes back or should come back to him, but it won't. It will not. It will be on Brock Purdy. It won't I be agree. on Shannon if Purdy gets back. That's game. well put. That's well put. I'm not saying Dustin's a huge Kyle Shanahan fan and defender, but if the 49ers don't win a Super Bowl, he's going to blame your daughter, Lily, before he blames Kyle Shanahan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the excuses for this curmudgeon, Kyle Shanahan. The dude wasn't born on third. He was born halfway between third and home plate, and he's done a great job, but it's time to put up and show up. Okay. You got to win a championship. We're back with Samich. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, Amal, Mike Samich, Dustin, they've all been hot. You can get their plays, but you have to become a VSIN pro. You get the pro tools, pro picks, pro tips. Now, here's what I'm going to do for you don't tell anybody, all right? But I'm going to give you a month for $9.99. Just you. slash subscribe. You thank me later. You trust me, you're going to want to extend. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. Now, speaking of Samich, as we welcome you back here on Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings, uh, Samich and Matt Brown do, of course, the handle every Saturday and Sunday, 7 to 10 Eastern time. But the football contest show from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific time is where they'll announce the consensus plays for Circa Millions and also the final four in Circa Survivor. Uh, you can get all that information. VEASAN Daily, it's free with Bill AD. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Now, 
it, the reason I bring it up is because our very own Matt Humans is going to be in the mix. So you'll be unveiling Matt Humans, who's up for the quarterly prizes there with Circa Millions. Yeah, it's a blast right now. Uh, the information we have around the contest is phenomenal for that hour. So not only do we get to talk about uh, who the four teams in Survivor are and get to announce that information, but also we have the top five picks from everybody who's in the top 25 in the millions, as well as the top 25 for that quarterly prize. So we'll be able to kind of dissect which games are key for each of the people who are atop of both of those lists. And uh, it's just some phenomenal seasons put together. I mean, you have Fezzik, who I know is on the show quite a bit. He was sitting in fifth last week. His record this year in the contest was a higher win percentage than either of the years he won the Super Contest. It tells you how hard it is to win sur sur uh, Circa Millions and to be able to be competitive in these big contests these days. So just an absolute honor to be able to be on that show, announce those picks, and be able to, to talk to some of those people who are left in Survivor and people some of the people who are left are going for big money in millions as well. So it's been a lot of fun uh, doing that show all year long. And if, if you want to follow humans, his username is Johnny Utah. But what's interesting is he's got Patrick the first and the third place. So he's got an opportunity not only catch the first place prize, I think it's like, what, 160 or 150, somewhere in that range. And then he could potentially get the second or third place prize as well. It could be a hell of a weekend for Matt come Monday. Yeah, and there's a rumor he's going to celebrate with a bougie dinner. No, I'm kidding. He'll celebrate with McDonald's. He might go inside <laughs> on this one, not drive through only. You think you think you think he'll go in there, big guy? You think he'll go in and sit down at Arby's? <laughs> Arby's is a great poll because Arby's is definitely where you go to celebrate with a big old roast beef and horsey sauce. Oh, you, you forgot the cheddar, bruh. You forgot the roast beef I, and cheddar. I, I had a dream about a roast beef and cheddar the other night. Uh, pause. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Uh, look, I think when we, if we're going to talk about, uh, I'm not going to get myself fired here. Don't worry. I'm actually going to talk about food here. I don't like mixing the bedroom and the kitchen. It's the, like one thing I won't do. Um, uh -oh. No, if you talk about disrespected, underrated fast food joints, I think Arby's is the most underrated that most people are scared to try. And once they do, they realize they've been missing out on an elite fast food chain. You know, I was thinking, uh, I went to go grab some water, and I'm all, and Dustin, maybe you can relate to this, but Samich, Samich is the well actually friend. And Dustin, oh, you know him very well, so I think yeah. you know what I'm about to say here. Like, everybody needs this friend it's just that they've always thought maybe a layer or two deeper. They're smarter than you, yeah. all right? But it's annoying sometimes that they're smarter than you. So when you're feeling good about yourself, and you always check in with them because he's also a good dude, but low-key annoying. Because every time you say something to Samich, like, I got a great angle on this, he hits you with the, well... Actually, now he does it in a tasteful way, Dustin, but he is always going to well actually your yeah. ass. So I, I like Mike because Mike, when, when we hang out, lets me cook. Like he just lets me talk for long periods of time. And I could see his brain like going, all right, here's the bullet points when he shuts the hell up. <laughs> I'm going to let him have this one, even though he's definitely wrong. I'm going to let him keep thinking that's right, even though it's definitely wrong. But this is one thing I need to point out to him that he's speaking out of the other end right now. And then he'll just hammer home this one point to me like, well, when you're doing this, you really shouldn't be doing X, Y, and Z. That is 100% Samich because I spit a lot of stuff at him at once like I just did right now. Well, look. <laughs> Well, actually, okay. Like, <laughs> it's, I, I, it's a sign of respect that I listen. That's a key thing there because then I take in the opinion because I'm interested in what you have to say. And then the key is you got to go and dissect it. Hey, is there a way to take this angle that is profitable or is good for you and make it even more profitable or even better? Or have you found the, the secret sauce, right? So I, I'm, I'm going to well actually when I can. But when I well actually some people, 
I want to see if they can push back as well, because if they can push back and have a response to it, that makes me dive deeper. And you're thinking at levels here versus just staying on that one plane. You got to play chess, not checkers, man. All right. Well, then maybe you'll push back at this. So Amal, Dustin, Mike Samich, and everybody that's involved with VEASAN is going to be a part of our updated national championship guide by our very own Adam Burke. And so I sent over Moneyline, Washington. And he said, can you give me a couple of sentences? So I'm going to read these sentences, and then you come at me and say, well, actually. So here's what I said for my, I guess, confirmation as to why I like Washington on Monday night. Quote, it's not often betters get a chance to bet into a money line price like this with the better team, but here we are. No need to overthink this. Michigan is overrated. Yes, they have a very good defense, but J.J. McCarthy and the skill around him continue to be wildly overrated. Conversely, Washington's quarterback and the skill around him is elite. Throw in a coaching edge for Washington, and it's Huskies money line. Go ahead. Well, actually, me. Uh, as long as you get the best price, I don't hate it. I, I, this game, I think, is absolutely wide open. I, to me, there's there's definite edges for both teams on the offensive side of the ball, and it's really who can exploit those edges more. I, I sent in two picks as well. One of mine was Corum over 103 rushing yards because I think they're going to be absolutely able to move that off that Washington defensive line off the line of scrimmage, have a ton of success on the ground. The other one was Penix over 290 passing and two one one and a half touchdowns in the same game parlay, which is plus 135. Because this is the best set of wide receivers and quarterback that this submission in sec Michigan secondary is going to see. I think both of these offenses have success. I think this could come down to who's, who has the ball last in a lot of cases. And so as long as you're getting the best price on the money line, I don't hate it at all, Patrick. Well, actually, Washington has given up only three 100-yard <laughs> rushers on the season. And Blake Quorum's only had two games where he's exceeded 100 yards. No, I just wanted to say that well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but I think to Amal's point, like, Maryland's probably, I mean, we would agree, Maryland's the best passing attack that Michigan has faced this year. And conversely, Washington's played some of the best offenses across the country. Like, I think it's eight of the top 12 or whatever the number is that's been floating around. Like, while Washington's defense is three, mostly three, and not necessarily four-star kids, they're coached up. That's where I come down on Washington. Every time you watch any facet of this Washington team, you realize they're all coached up. DeBoer does a hell of a job. 100% agree with you there, Amal. I got a question for yeah. you. Who's got a better run game, Texas or Michigan? Texas. This year Ooh, during the season. Okay. We, Bro Bro Brooks we, is the number one rated guy for the NFL draft. Torres ACL. Baxter is way better than Edwards. Before the season, I would have agreed with you. And without Zinter on the offensive line, I don't necessarily think Texas's, uh, excuse me, Michigan's running game has been as good as I thought coming into the season. I thought last year they had the best running game in college football. It wasn't that close. Yeah, I would take Michigan's run game slightly over Texas's. And we've also seen Harbaugh decide to have McCarthy throw the ball sub 10 times yeah. in some of these big games when he feels he's got an edge on the rushing side. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Corum get 25, 30 carries in this game. And that's one of the main reasons I'm taking the over on the prop. It's look, it's not a bad play at all. I just actually wanted to use the well, actually, but the reality of it is you're right. <laughs> if Michigan is going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of Blake Corum. I think he's got to be effective running the ball. If he's not, I think it's a real challenge here, but I want to go back to the point that Patrick brought up. And I think it's a good one, which is when you look at the quarterbacks, Bo Nix twice, um, the Caleb Williams, uh, DJ Uyungle. I know he's not a great quarterback. My God, when you look at the just ineptitude of quarterback play in the Big Ten, 
DJ Uyungle might be the second, might be the best quarterback Michigan had faced all year long. I mean, it wasn't right. like Jalen Milrow was looking for Jermaine Burton on 50-yard go routes out there. I mean, let's be real here. Everybody has said, listen, we play Michigan. We're not going to try and throw the ball more than 10 yards. Kyle McCord's transferred. Talia Tangavaloa is now in the transfer portal. Um, I mean, Jalen Milrow is getting run out of Tuscaloosa. They haven't played a quarterback like Penix. That's the one thing that was our argument this whole week, Mike. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I've been low on this Michigan team all year. I, I, I said they shouldn't even make the playoff, and here they are in the, uh, the final game here. I had Alabama plus the two and a half. Still pretty salty that that one didn't end up getting home. Uh, and I, Look, I would take Washington here, if, especially with the plus four and a half, and that's why I said, look, I wouldn't argue with Patrick if he's playing the money line there. Just make sure you get the best price. This is one of those interesting situations where you're seeing this, line, this game lined all over the place from a money line perspective, depending on where you're shopping because of where the action's coming in. Uh, well, actually, guys... Michigan did see a quarterback like Michael Penix in 2020. You know what Michael happened Penix. in that game? <laughs> yeah, Michael, Michael Penix beat him. He won. So, <laughs> I don't know. You really think Michigan, with all that's gone on this year, we're going to – like, I believe in karma. You can't qualify this. I can't give you the DVOA of where karma comes in in handicapping the national championship game. There is no way with the BS we've been put up with, with them trying to play the victim while cheating in front of our faces, that Michigan's going to win the freaking national championship. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. I can just sense right now, like the dinner with Dustin and Mike, when Dustin brings up the karma angle and handicapping, Mike politely shaking his head and smiling. Yes, Dustin. Yes. Karma does play into handicapping. <laughs> First off, you mentioned JJ McCarthy, not throwing more than 10 times. Trust me. If JJ McCarthy was your quarterback, you wouldn't let him throw more than 10 <laughs> times either. That guy stinks. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.